0: Game four of the NBA Finals is going to go down in the history books as one of the greatest games, certainly in Warriors history, arguably in the rankings in the top five or 10 or whatever you want to call it of NBA Finals games. It was historic. It was It's going to go in the annals of the books. And Kyla Mills was there to see it. So she's going to share some incredible stories. And we're going to obviously preview game five because this, ser- this series is not over. That's the really wild part about all this. Despite everything the Warriors accomplished in game four, they still got to win two more. So we're going to break that down and then some. This is Locked on Warriors.
1: You are Locked on Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online—it's where the game starts. You can follow Cron4 Sports anchor Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Ozs, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roach Show. Kylan, I did a, a post-game immediate reactionary show with Hall of Famer Rick Barry San Jose Mercury News analyst and reporter uh, Janelle Moore but we've had a couple days now to kind of process and, and and reflect on what was just an incredible game for dub nation I feel like 50 years from now we'll be thinking back to this game and hopefully smiling provided this series ends the way we all hope it does but Kylan what was your first reaction and what was your first takeaway uh and just your general takeaway from uh that Again, in my opinion, was a historic Game 4 victory for the Golden State Warriors.
2: Yeah, historic for sure. Cyrus, thanks for having me back. Always good to chat with Uh, you. I just, there are no words for what Steph Curry did in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. My instant reaction was just jaw on the ground. Watching what he did, especially in that fourth quarter, the numbers he's been putting up throughout this series are incredibly impressive. But but to go the way he did, uh, putting up 43 points, 10 rebounds, too, he was getting it done on the boards. He's been putting up great numbers as far as both field goals and three-pointers. Just the way that he came out with a fire in his eyes in that game, and then again in the fourth quarter, just icing it. Putting the Warriors on his back, it was just truly incredible. It was an all-time performance. Uh, Klay Thompson called it Steph Curry's greatest NBA Finals performance, which coming from his teammate, Klay Thompson, that's saying a lot. Um, Curry has just been incredible throughout the Finals. But to me, that just cemented, I don't even know. Like I said, it's hard to put into words just how incredible it was to watch it um, firsthand. You could see from the beginning of the game just how emotional he was and how invested uh, Steph Curry was first quarter like he got an and one or I can't remember because he got no fouls called against him so that's another thing that stood out to me is yes. that he's been getting no calls in not just the NBA finals but in Boston it was it was atrocious if you ask me he was getting straight Agreed? up and not getting <laughs> yeah. any calls but I could go on a completely separate tangent about that um, but you know just even in the first quarter uh, a couple big shots and he's going up motioning at the crowd and like that's not typical Steph Curry you'll see that later in the game, maybe after a couple big buckets, but like he came out with a very, very noticeable passion and fire uh, lit under his butt for this game. Um, I mean, my biggest takeaway is just what a performance by Steph Curry. Uh, Number two, though, I want to mention two players that I think were really, really key. They've been that way this entire playoffs run, but especially in game four, Kevon Looney and Andrew Mm. Wiggins really crashing the boards and being so physical and just both being enforcers for the Warriors. They don't win this game without those two. Um, so I think that needs to be mentioned just because, you know, finals aren't just won and lost in the stars. It's the role players coming through and becoming stars themselves or, you know, just really stepping up and, and you know, going beyond what their typical expected roles are. I mean, 17 and 16 for Wigs, Incredible. And Kavon Looney, I remember when he the first time he subbed in the game, I think he had five rebounds in the first quarter, five rebounds in seven minutes. Um, In the first quarter. And like, I noticed right away that he was crashing even the balls. He wasn't grabbing for boards. He was tipping to teammates. He was making it difficult for the Celtics. So um, hats off again to those two, because they were key to this Warriors victory.
0: Oh, absolutely. You broke the, you started the show magnificently with those descriptions. You're absolutely right. Andrew Wiggins, again, to have a career high 16 rebounds to go along with those 17 points. He was just a monster inside. Kevon Looney, as you mentioned, uh, you know, there's been mixed reactions about Kerr's uh, decision to start Otto Porter mm-hmm. Jr. Um, in Kevon Looney's place. And, and it's hard to blame him because uh, there's this one stat that shows that the, um, the most effective lineup for the Golden State Warriors in this finals and overall playoffs has been a, 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 a five unit that includes Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Otto Porter Jr um but when those five are on the court they have an insane 76 effective field goal percentage uh, in 45 minutes together they have a 140 offensive rating I mean those five clearly dominate when they're out there I I did not personally support it just because and and I think Kurz kind of realized this too for every minute that Robert Williams III is out there you have to match Kevon Looney with him you have to it's he's He's the one man that does man up with Robert Williams, the third, like literally, uh, you know, and Looney's hands are incredible. I feel like the moment his hands touch the ball, he's not losing possession of it. Um, You know, and the moment Looney came into the game, I think with that starting five, the Warriors started off down 12 six. You saw Looney come into the game fairly fast and then it turned around shortly after that. But again, Stephen Curry, I mean, this performance was the stuff of legends. It was just. I think it's silenced a lot of his critics. Um, I would be very surprised if on Monday morning, Skip Bayless, for example, who routinely uh, criticizes him. And I think his hatred of Steph goes back to the fact that he hates any reference of LeBron James and Michael Jordan in the same sentence. And I think he has disdain for Stephen Curry for not defeating LeBron James in 2016 because it opened the door for all these LeBron fans to keep calling him the GOAT. I really think that's the reasoning behind it, or at least a huge part of it. But I don't think his critics, like uh, 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 Skip Bayless, I don't think they're going to have any justification for continuing this this line of reasoning that Steph isn't clutch, that Steph doesn't carry the team. Because Stephen Curry became one of only uh, – he became the fifth guard in NBA Finals history to score f- over 40 points and grab 10 or more rebounds uh, in a single game, ever. That alone is incredible. He became the first player – in the history of the NBA Finals to have 40 or more points, 10 or more rebounds, and seven or more three-pointers made in an NBA Finals game. that That's staggering. Um, so everything you said is absolutely right. Uh what do you think Can about Game something? Five? Can I ahead, add yeah, to jump in, jump Steph in, please. Curry. Yeah, please.
2: Um, another thing I want to mention is that what Steph Curry was doing in Game Four um, wasn't at any fault of the Boston Celtics. Like they were playing really hard defense on him. They did not let up for one second. He was tightly marked. He was double teamed. And that also is what made his performance so impressive to me. All Steph Curry needs is the tiniest bit of space to hit shots yep. and improve that in game four. I saw a stat that Curry is shooting 54% on tightly contested field goals and 61% on tightly contested threes while attempting the most tightly contested shots of any player in the NBA finals. Incredible. To me, that's an incredible stat because, you know, the Boston defense is all over him. They were all over yep. him, especially in the fourth quarter of that game based on how hot he was for the entire first three quarters. And he still finds ways to score. And if he's not hitting the three just by creating one step of space, he had some mid-range shots. He's driving to the hoop and getting these crazy finishes like he always does. I mean, he's just unstoppable.
0: Yep, I totally agree. This was very much, um, I saw someone post something on Twitter. I forgot who it was, but I really love the metaphor. Uh, And they were comparing Stephen Curry to Kobe Bryant in the sense that Kobe's first three championships, he won those with Shaquille O'Neal. I don't want to take anything away from Kobe for those first three titles, but Shaq did win finals MVP those first three years. Um, and I don't think Kobe really inserted himself as an individual into these arguments for greatest ever, or at least being in the top 10 or being on a Mount Rushmore, um, whatever categories you want to label these things, until he won those two titles without Shaq. I mean, Pau Gasol was... A great Robin, but it's night and day between Powell and Shaq. And and Steph's performance, he I mean, th- he carried this Warriors team. Um, but other players obviously deserve a lot of accolades. We talked about these rebounding numbers. Andrew Wingens had a monster game. Um, Steph was incredibly the third leading rebounder on the team with 10. Yeah. But the, the Warriors' rebounding was incredible. I mean, they 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 bounced back from that atrocious game three where they got killed on the glass. They beat the Celtics 55-42 on the glass. 16 to 11 on the offensive boards. And that's where Draymond Green, despite the fact that three of the four games in the series, offensively, he's been borderline atrocious. Um, He did at least redeem himself in the sense that he still grabbed those nine rebounds. He did have eight assists. Uh, He made that one clutch put back on a loony miss, funny enough. Um, And it was just a remarkable game for I I, I don't. You're right. There's no way to put it into words appropriately. There just isn't because it was just. I don't. I don't know how you can. It was just a really just a, a mind blowing game. Um, yeah. So so uh, real quick here, I want to give some love for people who want to save money. Uh, by there's one great way to do that, and that's Truebill. Kylan, have you downloaded that app yet, or gone to the website? Have you tried Truebill?
2: No, not yet, but I definitely need to save money. So uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, we all do. <laughs>
2: throw that information out there, Cyrus, because I'll have to hop on this as soon as we get done.
0: It's a phenomenal way to save money I, I when I finally used it I ter- it turns out I saved over one thousand dollars annually because what truebill does is basically find all the things you subscribe to mm-hmm. all the things you're that. paying for that you're not even aware of like I didn't realize I had two Netflix subscriptions that I was paying for I didn't realize I had a bunch of um, Amazon monthly like subscriptions that I just kept having stuff ordered to me that I just did not want time and time and again. Um, there were three or four different bills that I just really did not realize I was paying for until I tried Truebill. They're a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Like I said, I saved, I think, $1,100 approximately. Um, and because companies make these subscriptions that are hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly easy. You Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com locked on nba go right now truebill.com locked on nba it could save you thousands a year
1: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th. And with over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders are going to be part of it first pick is June 16th so search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick you can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills Cronforce sports anchor she was on the scene in Boston covering game four um so let's talk about game five because clearly I mean as big of a game as game four was Now they have to play another one. And game five, I mean, all these people were throwing these stats about game three and the winner of that game, like 82% or 83% of the time goes on winning the series. And I was telling people after that game, just blow that stat away. That is worthless. It means nothing to the Golden State Warriors. Game five has a very different meaning because if the Warriors lose game five, I do think they're in a whole world of trouble. Um, I don't think they're going to lose that game, though. What is your initial thoughts? What is your initial prognosis? Anything you're looking for uh, as Game 5 comes to Chase Center tomorrow night?
2: The key to Game 5 for me, Cyrus, I don't think there's any tactical secret to the series at this point. The key to this game and every game throughout is going to be which team brings the most fire, which team brings the most force, and which team brings the most physicality. To me throughout the first four games of this series, it's the team that has brought those things that has ended up winning the game. And the Celtics, yeah, they tried to serve it up to the Warriors, but the Warriors just hit back harder in game four. And it started with Steph Curry setting the tone early in the game. I mentioned the emotion we saw from him when he was firing up the crowd, he was really battling. And then, you know, some of the other role players I mentioned, Kevon Looney coming in the first quarter, and really he was mixing it up and crashing the glass. And you talked about, you know, needing to try to offset. Uh, Robert Williams III, which is absolutely a factor. Um, but to me, the Warriors came out playing much more intense and much more physical than they did in Game 3, and they end up winning Game 4. So okay. for me, the biggest, biggest factor is just which team is going to bring the higher intensity. Um, today we heard from Head Coach Steve Kerr, and that's exactly what he said. He said the key to tomorrow's game. And for him, he specifically pointed out defensive intensity. When yes. we start to you know, let up a little bit on defense, that's when – the Celtics punish us for, for that. Um, and you also look at some mistakes, like a couple of costly fourth quarter turnovers that I noticed in, um, game three, um, and cleaning up some mistakes like that, I think as well, and getting into foul trouble, trouble early. Another thing, the Warriors just need to try to avoid, but the biggest overarching theme is bringing the intensity, bringing the physicality, because these are two very skilled basketball teams. Like I said, I just don't think tactically you can make some adjustments. I don't think there's any big secret or key at this point in that regard. Um, I just think it's going to be which team wants it more. And to me, the Warriors clearly wanted it more, and specifically Steph Curry wanted it more in game four. Uh, What's going to happen in game five? Kerr talked about on defense the Warriors having to be quicker closing out. We saw the three-pointers kill them earlier in the series. That's something they have to really continue to focus on. Closing out, being quicker on rotations. He said you've got to be a step ahead, not a step behind. Again, we're talking about a very skilled Celtics team. They will punish you. Uh, if you like I said if you get behind or you are lackadaisical at all on defense mixing it up on boards we just talked about rebounding that's going to be one of the hugest factors to this series the games that we've seen the Warriors get out rebounded and beat up a little bit on the glass they lose um, yep. so I think that these are you know and just the hustle plays as well uh, in game three I feel like I, you know again I was their court side and one thing you notice is it felt like the Celtics were getting a lot of those hustle plays they were on yeah. the right end of all of those hustle plays, diving on the floor, and again just the team that wanted it more. So to me those factors are going to be what determines who wins game 5. And I agree with you that the Warriors lose game 5, they're in a very tough position with a must-win game going back to TD Garden. And after seeing how hostile that environment was, how loud <laughs> That arena was, it is a very, very, very difficult place to play. And if you're looking at a team that's wanting to close out the NBA finals, you're in a, you know, must win situation. I just think a game six down three, two heading to TD garden would be extremely dangerous for the warriors. They've got to go up and win tomorrow at home and the chase in a crowd. You guys got to bring it, man. Like yep. TD garden was something else. I know we're going to get into some stories later side, but yes. like, the noise level was just something I've never experienced in almost any sporting event. It was so loud. I don't know if it's just, I was talking to some other media members were like, is it the acoustics? Is it just the fans? But I mean, the fans brought it like they brought it. There's no question about that. Uh, kudos to Celtics fans. Uh, I know some people think they crossed the line. I, I tend to agree with some of the chanting, but like, Hey, their passion is out there and it absolutely makes it more difficult for the opponents.
0: Oh, I, I love the East coast sports energy. Um, I always tell people I feel like I was an East coast boy who grew up on the West coast, at least in terms of sports and and the passion that comes with that. Um, yeah, they, 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 they know their sports. They love their sports. Um, I totally agree with you that some of the antics were incredibly classless, uh, very immature. Um, but what I saw from the golden state warriors, first of all, I don't think the warriors are going to lose game five. Um, I've been, I've been harping on this, whether I've been making guest appearances on other shows or talking on on our show, Locked on Warriors. Um, the Golden State Warriors, uh, when it comes to Eastern Conference opponents, they have a hard time preparing for them. And what I mean by that is in the regular season, um, teams don't usually have the opportunity to fully prepare uh, for upcoming opponents, especially East uh, Eastern Conference teams, simply because... Oftentimes, there's only a day between games. Um, oftentimes, it's in the middle of a road trip, um, so you're 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 spending very few minutes studying film. You're you're, you're you don't have the, the the time to properly really analyze the opponent. And oftentimes, you're playing that game and then you move on. Um, so when these two teams met in the NBA Finals, they were not very familiar with each other, and. In my opinion, just from my observation skills, it's taken four games for the Warriors to finally figure out this Celtics team, and, and here's what I think they figured out. Number one is Kevon Looney can neutralize Robert Williams III. They just have to match up with each other um, minute by minute, and if they do that, I, Kevon Looney has proven and what, dude, what a player he is, and what, what I mean, the Iron Man of this team. In, in a lot of ways, he's really. Uh, absorbed some of that hardened and soul that Draymond Green usually uh, bears responsibility of. And he has just had a phenomenal series and a phenomenal, postseason outside of round one. Um, but Andrew Wiggins has been huge in the sense that his defense on Jason, uh, not on Jason Tatum, on Jalen Brown um, is indispensable. Jalen Brown, as crazy as it sounds has been more of a more difficult of a player to defend for the Warriors than Jason Tatum. Um, That's My he, husband
2: today. I just said that exact thing.
0: He's physical. He's big. He's making a lot of clutch baskets. Um, he's given the Warriors a lot of problems, but the Warriors have an antidote for him. Uh, two of them. In fact, one of those is Andrew Wiggins. When Wiggins guards him, there is a level of effectiveness there and he causes Jalen Brown problems. So you need to have Wiggins out there at all times when Jalen Brown is out there. And I think Kerr started to figure that out. Draymond Green, who um, has been clearly the most perplexing piece of the Golden State Warriors in this series so far, just because he's been disappointing. He has been a colossal disappointment. Um, But he does, even though Jalen Brown has been scoring off Draymond Green, none of those baskets are easy. Um, It's taken a physical toll on Jalen Brown when Draymond is guarding him. And here's what I am very confident in saying in Game 5. Draymond Green will have a game two performance in game five. I am I have the utmost confidence in that. I saw Draymond Green figuring things out, especially in that fourth quarter. He I think he needed a bit of that humble pie in terms of being benched on some of those offensive possessions and being reminded that he is not a perfect player. He is, even though he's going to be a Hall of Famer someday, he is still just a human being. I don't know if like those Boston crowds actually got to him a little bit. I don't know if his ego got bruised a little bit just from all the attention. Again, he's just a human being, but we've seen this side of Draymond that we haven't seen before, which is a beaten Draymond Green. Um, but he also started to figure things out. I think he's he's kind of realized that offensively, um, he can't attack Robert Williams III. Even Horford gives him some problems when he attacks. But at the same time, one thing Draymond that has not been doing, that he started doing at the end of, ga- of game four, is instead of loitering around the three point line instead of loitering at the top of the key and even beyond when he's making passes he's cutting now toward the basket and that opened a lot of things up for Steph that opened a lot of things up for Clay as well in the perimeter whereas before for some reason Draymond would, would make a pass and just stand around and I don't know why he was doing that I really believe I'm incredibly confident in saying this that in game five Draymond Green will have a performance similar to game two I think with the warriors championship pedigree they smell blood in the water um there will not be a letdown performance the celtics have not lost two straight in this entire postseason game five will be the first time they lose two straight i'm just i'm very confident in that i'm just based on following this team as much as i have and seeing them as much as i have um i saw enough in game four where i think they got over that hurdle and i'm confident in them figuring this celtics team who is incredibly respectable as an opponent um but they figured them out i think just the warriors are just a better team uh and i think they're gonna win ultimately we're gonna break this down a lot more i have to give some love first to bet online a very long time sponsor of this program they're your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information you can find all the latest sports developments news and odds including obviously the nba finals where the line by the way is out uh for game five and just like with all the other games it's pretty much a toss-up The home teams are getting on average three points. Mm -hmm. And in game five, the Warriors are favored by three and a half. Uh, The money line is minus 170 for the Warriors, plus 150 for the Celtics. The over under is 212. Kylan, anything stick out to you there that looks good for you?
2: Um, If I was a betting woman, which I try not to be, Cyrus, but (laughs) I would actually put my money on the Warriors because I agree with you. I think the Warriors win tomorrow. And. I mean, the three and a half isn't too much where I don't feel comfortable uh, giving, putting my money on that uh, for them to win by more than three and a half points. Um, I think the Warriors know what's on the line. And to me, the way they've been, they closed out and uh, that momentum should carry from game four into game five. You mentioned the Celtics seeming a little bit demoralized. Um, yes. And I think that game four did, I think there was a hit to their confidence, um, which is a big factor. They came into this series I think riding the high from game 7 against the Heat they came in, came in extremely confident and ready to take one in the Warriors' house, and that's exactly what they did. They came out and they they hit hard. They didn't give up in that first game, and then after winning that game, you know, after winning game one the way they did uh, by battling in the fourth quarter, that's a huge confidence boost for yep. any team. You know, when you go down like that and you battle back and earn that comeback victory, game one on the road in the NBA Finals, like, I think they've been riding that high, and even though they lose game two, I think they're happy with the split, you know, at Chase Center heading back to their home floor, which is a very difficult environment for opponents. Uh, To me, what I saw in game four was a shot to the confidence level of the Boston Celtics. And I think that's also a big factor. Yes, they have not yet lost back-to-back games. But, like, the reactions and the way they lost in game four, I think, has been different than previous games in the postseason. And I think the Warriors do have an upper hand going into this game uh, because of some of that. So, I like the Warriors, and I like putting your money on three and a half. I'd feel good about it.
0: I totally agree with you. I think they will cover that spread. Um, I don't know about the over/under. That seems weird yeah, to me. Because, I, uh, yeah, yeah, That just—it's just hard to pick. But regardless, you can go to uh, betonline.net um, to get to bet on all the sports action, regardless of whether or not you're a basketball fan or you love the, the NHL hockey conference finals, which are going on. Major League Baseball, MMA, UFC, boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. To learn more about the trends in action, bet online. It's where the game starts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, player rankings, and of course the Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So is Kyla Mills on Twitter. You can follow her on Twitter at Kyla Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Otz's, at dog surf Rocho. So I just finish. want to finish up my thought Kylan in terms of why I think the Warriors have figured the Celtics team out and why I think they're going to win game five um another thing that Steve Kerr and I don't know why he was stubborn in game three about this but as weird as this sounds and I do love the fact that the Celtics fan base is so loud when they win and they suddenly cr- crawl and hide into their turtle shells when they lose because you don't <laughs> hear a peep from them when the Warriors win but they were mocking me for throwing two names out there repeatedly that do have a huge impact in this series. One of those being Gary Payton II, who, even offensively, he does not put up huge numbers, but he always just has a knack for being at the right place or for doing the right thing. A uh, uh, Case case in point here, um, that beautiful behind-the-back pass of Stephen Curry when he oh, could no, have put I'm up asking. a three himself, but instead he, he, see, he did the behind-the-back pass of Steph – set up the screen, and Steph hit that dagger three uh, that was just part of his magnificent performance in Game 4. So Gary Payton II, I do think, deserves more than 10 minutes, but at least he's getting minutes. I would prefer he gets 20 to 25, but, but Steve Kerr is thankfully playing him now. And another player is Nemanja Bielica, who, again, the stats do not justify him playing. But once that does stick out, which is absolutely insane. And again, Bielitsa had a marvelous performance in game four in in, uh, just under 10 minutes of play. He held Jason Tatum to 0 for 5 shooting, and he forced Jason Tatum to 4 turnovers in this series. That is absolutely mind-blowing, but it's indicative of his value for this golden state warriors team and just a few more stats and i'm going to throw right back to you kylan thank you so much for letting me talk so much here um another thing that really sticks out to me as well and that game one kills me because the warriors should have won that game as well before they just gave everything up in that fourth quarter um and they just did not adjust accordingly but the warriors have shot only 25.9 percent on corner threes in these nba finals Uh, In the Western Conference playoffs, they shot 35.2% on corner threes. And during the regular season, it was 34.1%. That number is going to go up. That number will eventually even itself out. Um, Meanwhile, the Celtics three-point shooting in this series overall is at 42.4%. These these guys, for some reason, are not missing ever. I, I feel like they never miss threes. That's going to, they're going to come back to earth and it's going to happen, I think, sooner than later. Uh, And and one last thing I want to throw out there as well uh, in regard to uh, the three point shooting. Um, The Warriors have shot on, in terms of wide open threes, they've only shot 33.3% so far. That number is going to go up in game five. Um, In the regular season with wide open threes, they shot 39%. And in the Western Conference playoffs, they shot 42.1% when they have open looks. That number, will go up. They're going to make their shots in Game 5. Draymond Green will play a much better game in Game 5. And coupled with a, a fantastic bench, you might even see Iguodala play some important minutes. Otto Porter Jr. has been playing fantastic. We've talked about Kevon Looney. I am of the utmost confidence that the Warriors will get, win Game 5. And then I think with that momentum, there's a very strong likelihood they will close the series out in Game 6 back in Boston. But even if they lose that game, they will they will not lose another home game in this series that is my diatribe that is my rant for why the Warriors <laughs> will win game five anything you'd like to add to that Kylan on, on top of what I just said
2: um I think the Warriors win in game five I'm not as confident as you Cyrus but I do think they have the upper hand I see this going home 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 the rest of the way to close out the series uh, I just think that playing in Boston just incredibly tough an environment and the Celtics haven't lost back-to-back games in the playoffs. I am hard pressed to picture them losing three straight games in the postseason, <laughs> yeah. not to mention on their home court. Um, <laughs> you know, with their backs against the wall. So I wouldn't be surprised if this game if the series goes to seven, but I think that the Warriors, like you said, I, I agree with you, the Warriors will close it out and I think they do win. Um, the Celtics, man, they have been lights out throughout this series. I mean, how about Derek White coming off the bench and just dropping dimes. I mean, he's been ridiculous in game four. I think he was three for five from beyond the arc. Uh, I don't remember his exact numbers for all of the previous three games, but he, I would say, I don't know if you have his average from the entire series, but he's a player that stands out to me. That's like, wow. Uh, you don't necessarily look at him right off the bat as being a huge problem, but he's been a problem and he's contributed some massive minutes and been putting up, you know, double digits off the bench. Uh, 16 points in, I think it was, in game four and, and every single game. And that game one went. Derek White was just on fire in that fourth quarter. Uh, so to me, he's one player that I'm like, is he going to come back down to earth? Is he going to, you know, be someone the worst, have to still worry about? But um, they the Celtics as a whole have been lights out in the series for sure. And I said after game one, I'm like, if they keep shooting like this, from 3 then they deserve to win. Like if Al Horford and some of these guys who are not usually 3 point shooters continue shooting like this, they deserve to win the series. Yep. Um the Warriors have found a way to win despite the fact that they're still shooting well. Like the Celtics are still shooting well. Like they didn't shoot poorly. I think they were close to 40% from 3 in yep. in game 4. Uh, But it's promising the Warriors are able to win regardless, Um, and I think that they continue to sharpen up and really close out quicker and and just fix some of the little things that we saw them lag off on in that fourth quarter of game one, and I think it's made a difference, and the numbers have come down a little bit, but, um, you know... Kudos to the Celtics and to, to Boston because they've been hitting shots when they need to. I mean, it's just it's been kind of surprising and impressive, but they've they've been and it like it's just funny to me that it's not necessarily Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum had a good game in, in game four. I think he hit 50 from three, but overall in the series, both him and Jalen Brown have been hitting okay from deep, but it's like the role players to me, Cyrus, that have been like the big surprise.
0: Agreed. Agreed. It is it's been shocking. Uh Derek yep. White just put in perspective in the four games in these NBA finals in game one. He shot uh wait actually, hold on, let me get this right here. In game one, he shot sixty-two point five percent from three. That was when we went five or eight, which was ridiculous. In game ridiculous. two, he shot fifty percent from three. Uh, he did not make a three in game three, but they still won despite that. And then in game four, he shot sixty percent from, from beyond the arc. Uh to put it in perspective, Derek White on the regular season shot just thirty-one point two percent from from three. And I even in these yeah, and even in these playoffs overall, he's only shooting 33.3%, which is, just gives you an idea of just how ridiculous these numbers are. And and that's wow. where at, at a certain point, you know, these these things do average out. And 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 the Celtics, I just do not see them sustaining this if it goes 6 or 7 games. If they're going to come back to earth. And 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 I think game 5 is where that really starts. Um I, Ime Udoka, I've never seen, I've never heard him Speak the way he did. I mean, that is one of the most confident head coaches in the NBA. Uh, he's a brash individual, and even he was kind of perplexed. I he was, I have, not, I have not seen that individual at a loss for words, but he had a hard time explaining what happened after Game Four. I just, I, I, momentum is a beautiful thing in sports, and it's a real thing in sports, and I think the Warriors have all yeah. of it. Right now. Um, I want to play this sound bite real quick just to uh this was from Clay Thompson, which just kinda highlights uh Stephen Curry's just incredible performance. Uh because I mean Clay's a splash brother, they've been through all these wars together. Um, and I thought this heartfelt uh attribution was just a beautiful thing from Clay Thompson, uh Stephen Curry's splash brother. Here he is. Have you seen Steph play with or show that amount of emotion before? And uh, what, what did you see from how he took over this game?
1: I think I have seen him show that much emotion, and the heart on that man is incredible. Uh, you know the things he does, uh, we kind of take for granted from time to time. But to go out there and put us on his back, and I mean we got to help him out on Monday. So we, but um, wow, just uh, just showed why he is. Uh, Shocking! He wasn't a first first team All NBA guy, but whatever.
0: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shot, by the way, too. At the media, I agree. I, it is shocking to me. He was a first team All NBA. Um and Clay Thompson. i Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was. I just like I can't justify it's that. Crazy. Okay. It's crazy. It's <laughs> the disres- the disrespect is so real. I, I, I've never seen a player receive less superstar treatment from the officials than Stephen Curry. Here, here is my gripe with the officials. Ultimately, right? Is is this is there are a lot of calls in these playoffs that are like you shrug your shoulders. It could go either way. These are 50, 50 calls Mm -hmm. and I am of the belief and I believe this confidently. And I, and I, and I say this with conviction that when a call is a 50, 50 call, you give the benefit of the doubt to the team. That is a dynasty to the player that is going to be one of the greatest of all time. And we've seen this type of treatment with Michael Jordan. We've seen it with LeBron James. We see it with Kevin Durant. And we don't see it with Stephen Curry, and we don't see it with these Golden State Warriors. It is mind-boggling to me. I don't understand why this level of disrespect continues, um, but it is what it is. you know. And the Warriors have to overcome not just their opponent on a nightly basis, but also oftentimes the officials. Kylan, you were at Game 4, uh, and there was a lot of talk about people flipping off the team bus. There's obviously the chants um, at the arena. You were texting me some really crazy stories describe yeah. your experience for games three and four in Boston of just the arena, the garden, the fans, all of it.
2: Uh, It was quite the experience. Uh, you mentioned it earlier in the program, like Boston fans, I feel like East coast fans are like this a lot in general. They know what they're talking <laughs> about. They're super passionate um, and they don't hold anything back when it comes to cheering on their teams. Right. Like they got a little bit of that, you know, new England attitude with them too. Um, I mean, it was wild. So the first – I actually think that Friday night was a little bit wilder than Wednesday with it being a uh, weekend night. But, like, you mm-hmm. show up and there's just, like, green across the entire street. And they're, like is it isn't even, like, a huge bar and restaurant area, but they are just, like, some bars kind of, like, lined up around the street. And people are just everywhere. It was just, like, a mob scene of green. Um, and I get out the car and I'm, like, oh, my goodness. Um, wow. And, like, these people especially – especially like Wednesday night caught me off guard because like, there were a lot of people who were very, very intoxicated. Like it was, <laughs> the off was 9.00 PM. So like, I think there was like a little bit of extra time, you know, to kill, maybe you yeah. got work, you were going to the game. Like there were a lot of people who looked like they have been overserved. Uh People who weren't still were just like <laughs> kind of crazy energy. Um, So I got, I got my camera out and I was trying to shoot outside the entrance, like maybe a little less than an hour before tip off to like get some like fan video or whatever, um, for Cron 4. And like, people were coming up, like getting in my face, yelling stuff in front of my camera, like cussing, touching me. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I was
0: just like, touched you
2: yes, yes. Oh my God. Yes. People just have no concept of personal space. Like coming up, you know, and I'm like, Nope. Nope. I'm out. And like, granted, this was in a massive crowd and I'm trying to, you know, shoot amongst drunk fans. I mean, so like I said, there's always a risk. I tweet this too. There's always a risk anywhere that you're going into a crowd of potentially, like I said, fans who've had some beverages, but this was just like a next level. Um, and then also, so my husband, Charlie Walter sports anchor at KPIX, um, went outside during the game and I told you this story side, but I think it's worth mentioning just cause it was kind yeah, of, please. Yeah, um, that he went outside during the game. It was technically six o'clock back on the West Coast. It was like just after nine. So the game had just tipped off. He went outside with his photographer to do a little live shot for a six o'clock newscast. Um, a guy came up to him and tried to, a Celtics fan came up to him and was trying to fight him. He was like, Hey, you want to go like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like and like Charlie's like, I couldn't tell if he was like joking or not. And like, he was kind of like, no, man, like, we're not trying to fight. And the guy kept getting in his face. We so like kind of like try to move away or whatever because they're about to go live. Oh
0: my God. And oh my-
2: he's live. Charlie's live. The guy kind of like follows them and is like lingering or whatever. And he's like, oh, you want to fight me? Whatever. And that's all. Jumps, jumps on camera while Charlie's live on the air, throws a cigarette butt at him, and then says, S my D San Francisco on his, on during Charlie's news report.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> this guy
2: yells that into the camera. Uh Like his, Charlie's photographer, um, Alex Louie was like, dude, I was actually like nervous. Like I've never had to hit someone. Like I thought I might have to like actually shove that guy out of our, like out of the way. Cause I was nervous. So I don't know. It was, it was hostile to say the least um, yeah. for some of, our, some of our crews that were out there. Um, And that's where I do think you get a little bit of crossing the line Um, when it comes to some of the cussing and some, of you know, doing things like that. And. I do want to say, like, that's not, that doesn't just happen, you know, at TD Garden or outside TD Garden. Like, news crews out covering games like this where fans have been drinking, like, it's always a risk and there's always like some idiot who's going to come up, but like it definitely was ratcheted up like another notch in Boston. Like it was definitely like another level of what I had seen before. Um, and then inside the arena was pretty wild. First of all, like it was, so it was the loudest sport I tweeted on, especially game four. I tweeted during the game. This is the loudest basketball game I've ever been to like. So
0: louder than Chase Center. Like, Oh, louder, like,
2: louder, like, louder, louder. Wow. wow. Chase Center, we were all talking about it in the media, in the media section. Like it was louder than Chase Center. We we're like, wow, Chase Center fans need to bring it um and i again like i don't know if the acoustics of td are like a factor too because like chase center is still kind of like trying to find its way being a new venue and like you know what i mean like fans are still, yeah. still i think it still doesn't quite have a full identity the way oracle did because it's in you know this is the first nba finals in chase center, right um where td garden you know is a long has been a long established iconic venue and the fans you know are passionate fans um, but I will say like, I was shocked in game three, the first time the FU dream on green chance, like broke out. I was like, wow, like that's pretty aggressive. Like you don't, like, I will say going to a lot of sporting events, like you'll hear ref, you suck. Like you'll hear some things, maybe like a BS in regards to like a call, but like, you don't often hear just like F bombs dropped openly. And it wasn't just like one section of the crowd. Like there were several points in time. Both games were the entire arena. So you have to imagine yeah. like it's all of chase center, every single person is yelling F you Draymond Green.
0: You can hear it. You can hear it on TV. No, but like
2: it just it like being there, it was just wild because like it wasn't just like one or you know, like I said, it wasn't just like a certain group of fans. Like the entire arena is dropping the F bomb, like just screaming it. And it happened several like I lost count. There were more than 11 anti Draymond Green chants. Like I said, most of them were FU Draymond Green, not all of them were, but I lost count. I was trying to like keep a tally um during game 3, but they were just relentless. And one thing that stood out to me just about this trip <laughs> is how much people in Boston hate Draymond Green. They hate him. Cyrus. Everyone, hate
0: hates him. Everyone, everyone hates Draymond. Everyone outside of the Bay Area hates him. Yeah, everyone
2: I, I get that, <laughs> but like, dude, people were just going to the extreme. The amount of anti Draymond t-shirts I saw were like, I'm just saying, like, it's one thing to hate him, to tweet something about him, but like, where you're like going out of your way to have like shirts printed and like paying for that and like all this other stuff. So I was like talking to fans, oh yeah, we had this printed as soon as we found out, you know, that we were going to play the Warriors, you know, we rushed, you know, we did a rush t-shirt job to get this out here, you know, and it's just like, man, like I knew people hated him, but like, this is just like another level. So like Draymond sucks shirts were out there. Draymond is a B shirts were out there. F you Draymond shirts were out there being worn. So like that was like kind of an eye opener for me. Cause like you said, you kind of realize that people around the NBA don't like him, but like, this was just like another level. There are people with Draymond big heads that had like, middle fingers and like someone had like Draymond like face bombing like this on a big head. So I'm just saying like people are going like so far. Um, Also another thing, um, my husband, Charlie, again, works for KPix. He was doing a piece about like why do fans hate Draymond Green? And it cracked me up. Um, he was asking people if you were like choking on the street on a chicken bone and Draymond was the only person there who could possibly help you and give you the Heimlich maneuver, would you ask him for help? And across the board, everyone he talked to said no. And there's one guy who was like, I feel good about where I'm at in my life. Like I've accomplished a lot. And granted, you know, some of it's tongue in cheek, but still like I would die before I would ask Draymond Green for any kind of help or to even what save was it? my Dude,
0: life. Sorry to interrupt you. What, what, did, what, were the, what was the prevalent answer that people gave for dislike Draymond, I mean, I don't, I've never truly understood a, a good reason for hating him. They call him dirty, he's never like injured someone, at least not to the point where right. they're at missing a game because of it. And you know, he's outspoken, but I've never heard him say anything super controversial. I, people, what are the reasons
2: people don't like him for that reason? So, num- number one, one of the main reasons that he's a loudmouth I heard that over and over again too, for from people that I talk to can't stand him. He gets under my skin, he's a loudmouth. You know, he's out there saying that Boston's going to win, you know, making this prediction before the series is over, disrespecting the Heat. Like, I remember that was brought up by one guy like, I, you know, like, whatever, I'm a Celtics fan, so it's fine. But like, he just does stuff like that all the time. And he seems cocky. That's what, that's what that one guy said, told me. He seems cocky. Um, he's a loud mouth. Again, people are just like, he gets under my skin. Uh, when it comes to play, a lot of people said he sucks. Like Draymond Green sucks. Um, like as far, he's not good on the court and he has a big mouth. Like that's like generally what it seemed like the perception was, um, which is interesting. Uh, and I know Draymond actually talks about this and addresses this with the media whenever he, you know, like haters are brought up and he's like, you know, to me, that's just people who don't know basketball. if They think I suck because, you know, he's like, I may not score the most points on the team or even close, you know, I may not score a lot of baskets, but like, clearly they don't know the intricacies of the game. They can't see what I'm doing, you know? leading this offense when he brings up the ball as a forward right. or you know, make some of these passes that he makes. And then, you know, obviously on the defensive end being, you know, his real strength that, you know, it's just people that don't know the game that maybe don't recognize what he's doing. Um, and, you know, the rebounding and all the other things that, that he uh, brings to the warriors. But so maybe it's just people that don't know ball, maybe, you know, maybe it's just, they see what they want to see, but, for me, uh, overwhelmingly, and Charlie heard the same thing. People like, he's, he's not good. He sucks. He sucks. You know, whatever. He sucks and he's the loudest mouth. We can't stand him. Um, so that was probably the most prevalent answer, I would say. Um, and then it was brought up that he's dirty. I did hear the same thing. Some people say he's a dirty player. He's dirty. Look at what he did. on. Um, a lot of people were bringing up, I guess there's a viral video and I did see it, like that was shared by Bleacher Report and some other outlets were like, I can't remember. I think it was a free throw where he like goes and he like catches someone around the neck, or he's trying to grab a board and he catches Jason Tatum around the In neck. In Game
0: Four, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: a couple people brought that up, and they're like, you know, look at this, big like, deal how he plays, you big know. But deal. that was, you know, used as a cc he's, you know, a dirty player. He's not playing the right way. Um, so those were some of the answers, wrong or right. Um, it is kind of interesting though, because like I said, it was an eye opener for me just to see how much people actually hate him.
0: It's 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 incredible, and and none of those reasons to me are valid for the level of vitriol and hatred directed toward right. him. Like, oh no, he talks loud. Like, oh no, he's cocky. Like, that, those are reasons for hating him. Even that play against Jason Tatum, it's subjective in in calling that dirty. I mean, he he was just he was aggressive. They didn't. I don't think they even called the foul on that play. Again, he's never injured someone to the point. I know he's he's made contact with people's faces a couple times. Uh, That that it you know where where eyes got injured or got reddened, but they never came out of the game because of that. And for people who who rip on his stats, again he is an anomaly. But he also does have, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and and I just looked this up a second ago. I think he has 31 career triple doubles, and the Warriors are 30 and one when he scores a triple double. They've only lost one time ever when he's had a triple double. He also has a triple double. Uh, he also had a triple-double once without reaching that mark from points. Meaning he had a game once where he had four points, 10 steals, 10 assists, know, 12 rebounds. That is uh a game that he should have gone a quadruple double. And and I'm never gonna forget that game seven in the 2016 finals where uh you know they lost, but in that game, Draymond had 32 points, 15 rebounds, and came one assist shy of hitting a triple-double in a game seven of the NBA finals. i I just i think ultimately it's just he's won so much and it's just this is american culture in a lot of ways like a lot of people in american Mm -hmm. culture and and you know i i i don't i hate bringing race up on this show but i think a part of it is race um because if he was a white man i don't know if that same level of vitriol and anger would be directed toward him i really don't this is just my opinion on that um but it's it's also very sad that that he elicits this level of reaction he's a winner he's a hall of famer um he's just very different he's unique as a player in terms of his statistics um he's outspoken but last I checked that's not a crime in this country and right yeah I I just don't understand it man he's a human being he just you know he trash talks you know that's he grew up in Saginaw Michigan that's a lot of people in the basketball court. That's how they roll. And for some reason he gets picked on like this, but I do not think his, whatever he's done in his career is worthy of an entire arena for two games, dropping the F bomb. You could hear it on national TV. Mike Breen alluded to it uh, during the game for pod, uh, during the game four broadcast that you could hear it. It was crazy. Kyle. And I don't know if you agree with anything I just said right there, but uh, yes. it's, it's wild. It's wild. Um, well, game five, we're recording this on June 12th. It's now 4.30 p.m. as we're wrapping things up. Uh, and I, I do want to quickly mention as well, Jordan Poole um, had a solid game four as well. Even though defensively, he remains a huge liability for him. Yeah. Um, offensively, he showed up. Those 14 points were huge, especially what he did in that second quarter to give Stephen Curry some some, some vitally needed minutes on the bench. Um, so let's hope Jordan Poole comes back and plays the way he he's he did in the two wins. Um, Kevon Looney, Steve Kerr uh, admitted he made a mistake limiting his minutes in Game 3. We're not going to see that again. Uh, let's hope Gary Payne II gets significant minutes. Nemanja Bielitsi has proven he's, he's worthy of playing minutes in this series. Great things happen when he plays in this postseason. Um, what are your thoughts for Game 5? We're wrapping the show up here. What is your prediction for what is easily the biggest game of the season? For the Golden State Warriors.
2: No doubt. My prediction is Warriors win. I think it'll be a tightly contested um, contest. A tightly contested contest. Isn't that great? A <laughs> tightly contested game. Um, I think the Warriors, <laughs> the Warriors are not going to let this one slip through their fingers. The championship pedigree. Uh, the momentum they have after that huge game four win. And I think it'll carry over into this game. I think the Warriors win. Um, and then I think that. Game six in Boston is going to be a bit more of a toss-up uh, just given that environment and a very, very talented team with their backs against the wall. But I think the Warriors win game five. Um, to piggyback off of something you mentioned, I just like am cracking up about Nemanja Bielica's, like defense has been elite in the postseason. Like, I'm not even kidding. And it's funny just because he gets so much crap because yep. he is very slow. He's a big, slow body. Like. Not, you know, considered an elite defender, but uh, he was killing it against Luka yep. Doncic, and he's been incredibly effective in this series, too. So, well, I don't know. His numbers maybe haven't been prolific. Uh, he's actually been really solid, and I think especially defensively he showed up, and he deserves some credit for that. Um, I I don't have any problem with him in the rotation, uh, you know, thus far. We'll just have to see. I like uh, Kerr going deeper into his bench. I think that's something that needs to continue. And uh, to me, was an issue in game three. The Warriors have the depth. Use it. Um, yep. Use it. Run yep. the Celtics ragged. I don't think they have, you know, they don't have the depth the Warriors have. So I like that. And I think the Warriors take it home. Game five. Jay center. I agree. I'll be there. Let's do it. I
0: agree. I think the urgency, the hunger is there. I don't think yeah. it's going to go away again this series. And and we've seen what happens when the Warriors play with the utmost urgency. They win, plain and simple. Um, and, and I really also believe that the Chase Center crowd is going to show up. And in the same way that the, the TD Garden um, directed all that pure negative energy toward Draymond Green and the Warriors in game uh, games three and four, I think the Warriors are going to bring it back and, and boost Draymond Green. Uh, he's going to be carried by that home crowd. And I think they're going to let the Celtics know – that we bring some noise here as well in san francisco in the bay area um as amazing as the celtics fans are they got the passion that that organization has tremendous history of their own but uh the warriors are a storied franchise as well and um the same fans that are at roracle are for the most part at chase center they're incredibly knowledgeable they love this team uh joe Lakeup, hopefully hand out those uh, tequila shots outside the gates Um, the fans could use it it's a Monday who cares if you're a boss out there give your employee a day off Tuesday if necessary so they can bring that energy Monday night at Chase Center make some noise people Kylan this is always a pleasure uh when I do a show with you um and like I said once the season's over we'll figure out the how the rotation's gonna go is you're gonna be a permanent member of the show um thank you I'm I'm done I think anything else we miss anything did we forget I want to throw one last thing real quick for another uh shot of love for Stephen Curry um he joins LeBron James and Kobe Bryant as the only players uh, in the NBA in the last 15 years to lead both finals teams in scoring four times in the same series. Stephen Curry has had a magnificent NBA finals. Just talk about adding a whole other step, a whole other layer to his legacy. I mean, this, this finals has been simply remarkable, and there's still more to come. So do we, do we cover everything? Are we good? I think we're we've good, right? We covered
2: everything uh, tonight. <laughs> I'm going to be back on the air at Cron Four, um, Cron Four Soup Session. We're doing a 15-minute show every night during the week, Sunday nights. We've got a 30-minute show and Sports Night Live. So we're also getting busy. Uh, join us if you want to get some Warriors content. We're out of practice today and talking to different analysts we get on our show. So the grind don't stop, Cyrus.
0: it doesn't it doesn't No, i mean i gotta as soon as the finals are over i got a big vacation coming um but uh yeah and and p and fans one more time bring that noise um so i'm gonna be hosting a a show monday a a post-game reactionary show like i've been doing uh, throughout the nba finals um kevin dan is going to join me on tuesday i'm going to see if gary st Jean will join me as well kylan you're going to be joining me again this week um but this show will carry over into game five of the nba finals and um let's hope for more golden state warriors success everyone kylan thank you so much you can follow kylan mills on twitter at kylan mills cron 4 sports anchor reporter uh multimedia journalist what, whatever your official title is there you do it all uh, you're the jack of all trades you're the swiss army knife cron 4 sports and you can follow me cyrus Otzels, on twitter at docs or frocho and this program on twitter at lock on dubs thank you everyone later
1: hey prime members